Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program provided by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee emphasized the experience of Christ as life and the practical oneness of the believers. He was unbending in his conviction that God's goal is not narrow sectarianism, but the body of Christ. Through his messages in these life studies, he stressed the importance for us to grow in life and to function as Christians so that the body can build itself up. We're happy to bring you recorded portions from his ministry today, along with some of our own thoughts. And we welcome your comments and questions. You can reach us toll-free at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Now let's join today's program. Radio is all about communications. But what kind of communications are you receiving on the radio? 1 Corinthians 2.13 says, We speak not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual things with spiritual words. This is Matt Miller filling in for Chris Wilde, and we're in for a very special life study today, and the title is Communicating Spiritual Things by Spiritual Words to Spiritual Men. And joining me for today's program is Francis Ball. Francis, welcome back to Life Study. Thank you very much, Matt. It's really good to be here because we're in for a a very important point concerning spiritual things being communicated by spiritual words. As I was considering this program, Francis, I considered this may be one of the more important programs we've ever done because it touches right at the heart of what this ministry is all about. It's not on the surface communicating shallow things, but it's communicating the spiritual things, the things related to God's economy. Uh, Before we get into it, Francis, um, maybe you could give a little definition on what we mean by this word spiritual. We're not talking about a ghost or something vague, are we? No, this is not something that's in the minds of many, many people. When they hear about something being spiritual, they think it's something demonic or something ghostly. But this is not uh, that kind of meaning at all. A spirit is what a human being possesses. He's made up of three parts, according to the teaching of the Bible. He has a body which was formed of the dust of the ground. He has a spirit which was formed of the breath of God, breathed into man's nostrils. And he has a soul which he became, that is, a person. He became a person with a combination of spirit and body. So we're talking about the spirit of man, and we're also talking about the spirit of God. God, who is spirit, comes into the spirit of man. And so man has a spiritual understanding because he has been uh, indwelt by God, who is spirit. Proverbs 20.27 says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. And that uh, is the same Hebrew word, the spirit of man there, as as the reference in Genesis that you referred to about he breathed into him the breath of life. That's the same Hebrew word there as uh, in Proverbs about the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. So some people actually don't agree that there's three parts of man. They they, they don't don't see it, do they, Francis? I know there's there's a very popular teaching 
called the uh, the doctrine of the dichotomy of man, meaning that man only has two parts. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23 makes it very clear that man has three parts, a spirit, a soul, and a body. That man has a spirit is really uh, very, very important, and we'll see today how important it is, even in reading the Bible, that we know how to use our spirit. Well, Francis, let's join Witness Lee for today's life study from 1 Corinthians, printed volume, number one, message number 17. It is famous in history that in Greece, two things were practiced. Firstly, philosophy. What's the second thing? Yeah, gymnastics. Philosophy is to exercise what? To develop what? To keep you in what? Mind, mind, mind. Then how about gymnastics? For what? For the body. The Greek culture is just for these two things. The soul and the body. Even today, all the universities in America are copying the Greek things. Right? Gymnastics and philosophy. They don't have any knowledge about the spirit. Spirit? Spirit of man? What is this? I tell you. I came to this country over 10 years ago, and the brothers told me they didn't hear anything about the human spirit. They never heard about it. This was the problem. The Greek believers at Corinth, they knew how to exercise their body, and they knew how to develop their mind, but they didn't know anything about their human spirit. So here, Paul begins to teach them that man has a spirit. Only the spirit of man knows the things of men. So, also the things of God. No one has known except the spirit of God. Who can know the things of God but the spirit of God? You Corinthian believers have to know, number one, as a man, you have a spirit who knows the things of man. Number two, as a believer in Christ, you have received the spirit of God. You have two spirits. Is this clear? The problem among them was altogether due to the lacking of the knowing of these two spirits. Now, in these two verses, Paul reminds them that they have two spirits. They have the human spirit within them, and they have received the Spirit from God. Francis, today we're talking about the Greeks' emphasis on the gymnastic exercise of their body and even developing their soul. Compared to actually God's emphasis and Paul's emphasis in 1 Corinthians 2 on the matter of the Spirit and being a spiritual man, You've been around for a while. From your years of experience, what perspective would you give us today on this point? Well, Matt, I have to admit that for years, as a believer in Christ, as a Christian, I never knew that I had a spirit. I took everything as a, with a mental understanding, and it was communicated to me by man's wisdom. And uh, it wasn't until coming to this ministry that I was brought to the light that I have a spirit and that my spirit 
has been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So in a sense, I have two spirits, the divine spirit and my human spirit. I never knew intentionally how to exercise my spirit. But through this light, it helped me very much to know how to exercise my spirit. Before, maybe I would touch my spirit on occasions just by accident, by the fact that I was born again and I had the divine life in me, in my spirit. I would touch that just by touching the Word sometimes, but would not realize what I was doing, like uh, hitting a light switch accidentally. The light comes on just briefly, and you, you don't know what happened. And it didn't look like anything particularly happened. Boy, that's probably going to be a new word to a lot of the listeners today, Francis, even the thought of exercising their spirit. Do you think? I mean, this well, maybe is so. maybe many, foreign terminology to a lot of the listeners. I think this broadcast has been going on long enough now, uh, the, the life study of the Bible with Witness Lee, that more and more people have become aware of the fact that we have a spirit because the spiritual words are being used to communicate spiritual things. And whether they really understand that they have a spirit or not, they are realizing that something is happening in their understanding that's not just natural. This is not something in the mind. This is something deeper than the mind. It's in the spirit. You know, there was a song that I heard when I first came to my first church meeting under this ministry that was said, there's a life that's deeper than our mind with experience of Christ, yet so divine. And uh, I thought, well, that's quite a word, something, a life deeper than our mind. And I found out, I really did find out, it's a matter of touching our spirit, exercising our spirit to find Christ in a way that you can never find out if you're just always in the mental realm. That's right. This is certainly deeper than our mental understanding. It's really a matter of contacting the Lord. I think in a simple way, defining what it is to exercise our spirit, Francis, how would you just say in a, in a simple way? Is it just contacting the Lord, loving the Lord, praying? Well, that has a lot to do with it. But if you just call on the Lord, Lord Jesus, my spirit, you will touch your spirit. Not just say, Lord Jesus, my thinking, but say, Lord Jesus, my spirit. Paul did this. He said, God, whom I serve with my spirit. He knew he was exercising his spirit. And, of course, his words have really brought all this to light to us. So we must realize that there's something deeper than our mind. Our mind is full of philosophy, full of uh, natural wisdom, full of a lot of uh, even sinful things. But when we exercise our spirit, the reality of God becomes ours. It's going to be hard for us to get into all the meaning in today's program about what it means to exercise the Spirit, but I thought we could at least touch it. Uh, one other verse that comes to my mind is Paul's exercising himself to have a conscience void of offense. Right. This is also exercising our spirit. Yes, that's right. Certainly, I think most should understand that conscience is a part of our spirit, even the leading part of our spirit. You know, uh, we're going to go on now to the next section with Witness Lee because this section really gets us to the heart, I think, of our ministry. And it's a very important word, especially for the listeners who think that Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee is a program that is seemingly too difficult and it's sometimes hard to grasp. I think that maybe this next section with Witness Lee will help. Verse 13. Which things also we speak, not in words, taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, communicating 
spiritual things by spiritual things. Your Greek expression, your Greek wisdom, that is not spiritual thing. But the word taught by the Spirit of God, these words are the spiritual things. In other words, I, Paul, cannot talk spiritual things by your human Greek words. If I use your Greek speech, I just couldn't communicate the spiritual things to you. They don't work. We all have to learn one thing, that is, don't try to level down your speaking using the local expression. If you do it, the local expression does not avail to convey the spiritual things. Could you follow me? We shouldn't level down the standard of uh, spirituality. We need to keep the standard. Many voices from different directions came to me. Come down, come down. No people can understand. You better come down. I said, no. I wouldn't go down to your level. You have to come up. Communicate spiritual things with Greek philosophy. No. With Chinese ethics. No. With American modern culture. No. Then with what? Communicate spiritual things with spiritual things. We all have to learn. When the Bible is translated into Chinese, some of the expressions in Chinese language were altogether not there, such as in Christ. There's not such kind of expression in, in someone, in something. Then you know what? Then the Chinese translation used this new invented Chinese expression, in Christ. And today this expression becomes very popular in today's spoken Chinese language. Bring them up to the standard. Communicate spiritual things to spiritual men by spiritual words. Don't go down, but bring them up. Don't go down. Amen. Bring them up. This is what it means to communicate spiritual things with spiritual words. I, I really like this, Francis, and I hope that we could somehow get the words from the Lord to convey the importance of this to our listeners. Uh, the Chinese didn't even have this kind of terminology, but the translators were faithful to what was in the New Testament, mm -hmm. to use this word in Christ. They didn't change the language to match the people but they brought the people up to the language of the Bible. This is really good, what you I would think say. this is probably one of the most important things we would say today because we all need to be brought up. We're not to take the local expressions to try to make the things of God known. It's not a matter of American psychology or of Greek philosophy or even Greek wisdom. I think, Matt, we have to realize that, that all of us are— like the Corinthians. We're full of some kind of wisdom, some kind of culture, some kind of knowledge that we express things according to our natural understanding. But to come up, not to stay down, but to come up means that we exercise a spiritual understanding by using spiritual terms. 
terms of the Bible, terms that really communicate the spiritual things to our spirit. If we would recognize this, we would really have much more understanding and much more enjoyment of Christ. We would know what it is to live Christ. So I hope that uh, all of us, including me, I like to have more understanding of the spiritual words can be the means by which we can communicate spiritual things. If we don't use the spiritual words, then what are we attracting people with? You know, it reminds me of a meeting that I'd gone to that was full of thousands of young people who were there in this meeting. And he, and he asked me, what was the attraction? And I have to say, the attraction was not spiritual words. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was something else there that night. And I, and I hate to draw attention to it. But anyway, but Witness Lee's, when I told him that, he shook his head and he said, we can never allow something other than Christ and the truth and the spiritual words to attract people. To say... A soulish man cannot understand the things of the Spirit should really be a warning to us not to try to use soulish, that is, mental comprehensions and uh, culture and American way or Chinese way or Japanese way or uh, Spanish way, any kind of way that's uh, just natural or according to our custom or according to the, uh, the culture. We must have a way that goes deeper than the local expressions. We have to have the words of the Spirit to communicate spiritual things into spiritual men. Well, Francis, that's a good lead-in for our final section today with Witness Lee. Let's go on to verse 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in this matter of dealing with a soulish man. Now, verse 14. But a soulish man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Who are the soulish men? In 1 Corinthians, a soulish man is one who lives according to the Greek culture. If a Jew lives according to Judaism, he is a soulish man. If a Chinese believer lives according to Chinese ethics, he is a soulish man. In the same principle, if American brother lives according to American modern culture, he is a soulish man. A soulish man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness to him, and he is not able to know them, because they are spiritually discerned. To discern things spiritually, first of all, you have to know that you have spirit. Not mentally. Here it doesn't say they are mentally discerned. Or they are physically discerned. Or scientifically discerned. They are spiritually discerned that you need to exercise your spirit. And you need also to realize that in your spirit dwells the spirit of God. Then you can discern the spiritual things spiritually. But he who is spiritual discerns all things, and he is discerned by no one. In other words, no one can discern him. Why? Because no one would exercise the spirit. For who has known the mind of the Lord? But we have the mind of Christ. You better read the note. Why we have the mind of Christ? Because we are one with him. We are one with him. We become him 
and he becomes us. So what he has is ours. His mind becomes our mind. This is not a doctrine. So this should be our practice and our experience. Francis, we've got a lot here to cover and not a lot of time to do it in. And uh, Witness Lee encouraged us to read the note from the recovery version he's talking about related to the having the mind of Christ. So let me do that before we get into this matter of spiritual discernment. The note says that because we are organically one with Christ, we have all the faculties that he has. The mind is the faculty of the intelligence, the understanding organ. We have such an organ, the mind of Christ. Hence, we can know what he knows. We have not only the life of Christ, but also the mind of Christ. Christ must saturate our mind from our spirit, making our mind one with his. Well, Matt, I think this is uh, the deepest part of what we've gotten through today, and that is something even beyond our just our living Christ by exercising our spirit, because now he's talking about the mind of Christ. We have a couple of uh, chapters in the Bible that talked about the mind of Christ. In Philippians, he mentions this, and also in 1 Corinthians, he mentioned about the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. How can that be, that we have a mind of Christ? Well, because our spirit is indwelt by the Spirit of God, and the Spirit of God is what is really given life to our spirit. So as we were enjoying him as exercising our spirit, that grows in our, in our spiritual living. Christ becomes our life. He becomes our everything to us. We can actually have the thoughts of Christ. That's right. The very thoughts of Christ can be realized and experienced in our mind. So we could have the mind of Christ. That doesn't mean that we exercise our mind but we just exercise our spirit, Christ himself in our spirit, spreading to our mind, emotion, and will. Wouldn't you say that this is even uh, how we discern? We spiritually discern, you know, in the first part of this last segment, he's talking about uh, spiritually discerning, not scientifically discerning, not mentally discerning, but spiritually discerning. That's right. We are spiritually discerning the mind of Christ. Well, We've run out of time, Francis. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. I sure appreciate having you here with me without Chris uh, being here. It's good to have you here. Matt, it's been very, very enjoyable to be with you. Uh, And it's also been good to have you with us. Thank you for listening today. And if you'd like to get a copy of the printed message, it is available. It's volume one from the Life Study of Corinthians. And you can call us at 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788, or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814, or send email to radio at lsm.org. Thank you very much for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. This is Matt Miller on behalf of Francis Ball. Thank you very much for listening.
Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages. To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening. What is the church? The church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all in all. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23. The body of Christ is not an organization, but an organism constituted of all the regenerated believers for the expression and activities of the head. The body of Christ is the issue of the incarnated, crucified, resurrected, and ascended Christ who has come into the church. By means of the ascended Christ's heavenly transmission, we are made one with him, and thus his body is produced. Scripture, Ephesians 1.23, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.